0: Hello there, Do You Even Blog tribe. You're listening to the Do You Even Blog podcast. Uh, If that was not obvious already, it's a show for bloggers and podcasters, creators of all types who want to make money on the internet. And make money we shall today, my friends. Lacey Lankford is today's podcast guest. I've known Lacey for quite a few years at this point. In fact, we've literally snowboarded together. And by snowboarded, I mean fell down the mountain because we were both beginners. But... I learned recently all of the amazing sponsorships and partnerships that Lacey has been doing in her own business, in her own podcast, The Military Money Show, and I, uh, I wanted to talk to her about it. I wanted to get at this question of how can I... Make more money from working with brands: sponsored post, sponsored podcast episodes, sponsored anything for that matter. How can I start working more with brands? I know it's a great money maker, but it seems it seems hard and not very clear. So Lacey is actually going to join us on today's podcast to help us work through that to get more brand deals to better connect with companies, brands, sponsors, etc., etc., etc. That's what we're here to talk about. And talk about it, we shall. So you can find her at Lacey, with an E, by the way, L-A-C-E-Y, Lacey Langford, L-A-N-G-F-O-R-D, I believe, Langford.com. Or you can find the Military Man Show, uh, wherever you find podcasts. Go connect with Lacey there. Go check her out. And without further ado, I don't think I have anything else. No, I don't have anything else. No housekeeping for today's podcast. Thank you, Blog Tribe, for listening. And without further ado, I shall introduce the one, the only, Lacey Langford. Lacey, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Pete. I'm super excited.
0: You're excited and nervous. I am. I just I'm very nervous. So, let's let's just be
1: authentic right up front.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous, too, uh, before every episode in some way. I always get a little jittery. But let's start with this. I just thought of this like 20 minutes ago. I've never asked this to anybody as a first question, although I think it's really relevant. So I want to hear about the first dollar you ever made online from the blog or a podcast or freelance. I have no idea what that was. But Lacey, if you could, tell us the story of like your very first dollar that you made in the, you know, the the internet online business world.
1: Man, that's a really good question.
0: Right? I thought of it. It is
1: But my mind just started going everywhere. I want to say the first, I guess, real money dollar I made was from a sponsored post from a big brand, which I thought was so surprising that they would work with me given that I have such a small audience. Yeah. And that's actually when I started to realize my value that I provide in starting out as a financial coach within the military space. But that was a big deal for me to them to associate their name with me and to give me money was super cool.
0: That's actually, first of all, that's that's really impressive, I feel like. I feel like most people's answer to that is like, oh yeah, I made like literally 13 cents from Google AdSense or like an Amazon affiliate or something. So if that was your, if that was like your one of your first dollars. That's really impressive. Well, How I did that- I made
1: sense. I made sense from Google Ads, but no dollar.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, this is- Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a fair point, actually.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that was the first real. But yes, I did set that up, but it really yeah. wasn't- it, it was just sense. Okay.
0: Well, uh, let's dive deeper on that since that's spoiler alert. Kind of what I wanted to talk to you about anyways is sponsorships, working with brands and companies, and like- navigating this arena, it feels like it should be straightforward to a lot of creators and bloggers, but I personally have never found it straightforward. In fact, I've always struggled with this. How much do I charge? How do I find these people? What do I say when these companies reach out to me? Like all of the things. And I learned just a couple of weeks ago at FinCon that Lacey is actually, uh, you you have experience with this. Like you've, you've worked with companies and you did this. So let's go back to the first one and then maybe we can just Get a little bit of your backstory from there. But how did you did you reach out to the brand? Did they reach out to you? Did you like send 30 bajillion cold emails just asking for money? Like how did this first one come to be, if that makes sense?
1: I mean, I really think it started at my very first FinCon. I started developing relationships when I went there. I was overwhelmed. I didn't know what I was doing. I knew I was a financial coach and I understood my craft, but I didn't understand the online world at all, blogging, podcasting, SEO, getting traffic, those things. But I did know where I was going. And I was smart enough when I showed up to my first FinCon to tell people that, to say, hey, I'm a financial coach that helps the military community. This is where I'm at right now, but this is where I'm going to end up being. And I always joke that it's my plan for world domination, but it, it really is. And I got up the courage to tell a few people at FinCon that, hey, this is my plan for world domination. And they that resonated with them, and we stayed in touch. And every time I did something and completed it on my plan for world domination, I would follow up and say, hey, remember when I said I was gonna do that thing? Well, I did it, and this is how it's going. So I saw them as relationships, friendships, and I always have fostered them, and so they did end up reaching out to me. But it wasn't that it, it fell in my lap; it's because I put a long-term strategy in place early on.
0: Okay, um, let's let's role play. Okay, not in an awkward way, but in a cool way.
1: <laughs> this is uh, going to get weird, real quick, Pete. <laughs> I know.
0: What was your first FinCon? What year was that?
1: Twenty sixteen in San Diego. Twenty
0: sixteen is this when you first started the po- did the podcast? Come first, by the way. Military no. money.
1: No, I I just thought, hey, if I'm going to have a coaching business that's virtually based, I should really understand the online world. And I heard about this thing called FinCon that was money and media. And I thought, well, this is where I should go.
0: Okay. All right. So pretend that 2016, pretend we're back there and you probably have like a little conversation um, rehearsed in your head where you're going to tell them about your world domination. What specifically would you say? And before you... Answer that. Were you just were you saying this to everybody, like literally every podcaster, blogger, a new friend that you were making, as well as all the brands, or was just like a very strategic? I'm going to go from this booth to this booth and tell them this thing, or was it just kind of like a here's my message that I want to get to
1: people? It was my sense? message that I knew going into it, but one thing I did in my very first FinCon, which Most people don't do is I signed up for pro networking, which looking back was so probably not the way to go. But I figured, you know what? I want to get to know these people. And this ticket gives me the opportunity to sit down and get 10 minutes with all these people for them to start to get to know me, my personality, and my expertise for them to know. I do know what I'm talking about. I'm a financial coach. And that's where I started. It was, hey, this is my first FinCon. And I'm new to all of this, but I'm a financial coach. I'm a military at that. You know, I think my husband was still on active duty or anyway, I'm a military spouse. I'm a veteran. So not only do I have this military expertise, I'm an accredited financial counselor. If I ever pass the exam, I'll be a CFP. And so I gave them this basic elevator pitch about me and said, this is where I'm going. I'm starting a blog or I just started it. I'm figuring out what I want to put on it, what I'm going to do. And. At FinCon, I had learned about podcasts. And I thought, you know what? I'd really... Or right before FinCon, because I was listening to the FinCon podcast. And I thought that would be great for my personality. And as a financial coach, I could reach more people. So I started saying that when I went to the pro networking. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start to get established in this community and grow. I'm definitely on the climb, and I can see myself as being a known person within the military and money community. But right now, I'm just starting out, and this is where I'm planning to go. And I I told everyone that. And it resonated with a lot of people that they wanted in front of that audience, and so they started to also foster the relationship.
0: Yeah. So there's something you said that uh, I, I'm not talking to Lacey anymore. I'm talking to anybody who listens to this. This was like a, a BFT, a big fat takeaway. This is a big oh. fat takeaway to me is confidence. So Lacey, you don't, don't take this the wrong way, but you don't, you don't strike me as like an overly confident, like I, I'm 100% the world's most confident human being ever. But the, I I sense a little bit of, if not confidence, then uh, maybe courage is a better word to walk into somewhere like a FinCon, your first year especially, not having a massive audience or, I don't know, any audience? Like,
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say any audience.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but to like walk up to people or brands alike and be like, this is, I even wrote this down in my notes, I'm just starting, comma, but this is where I'm going. And obviously you said more than that, but that was the general gist, right? Correct. How much do you think – this is jumping ahead, but we're going to come back to the, your, your own story and your own timeline in a second. How much do you think confidence matters when you're trying to secure – I'm just going to use the word partnerships. But for anybody listening to this, I'm talking about any type of sponsors, a sponsor for your podcast or blog sponsorships or YouTube. That's uh, currently what I'm going through right now. When working with these companies and or other people, what role does confidence play? I want to hear your opinion.
1: I think authenticity is more important than confidence because I have been very open and honest with a lot of these brands to say, hey, I don't have the downloads that you want. I have, or the uh, page views that you want, but my audience, I I do understand that. So I think having confidence in your craft and what you're trying to do is important, but I think being authentic in front of your audience is, is even more important. And I like the point that you brought up of courage that, that is important. You actually have to step up to the plate and deliver to say what you want to say to give your pitch. And that was one thing I committed to when I attended my first FinCon. I was completely overwhelmed. You're right. I'm not a super <laughs> overly confident person, but I made the commitment to myself that I wanted to be in this world. And I knew it right when I showed up. I loved it. And I told myself, I'm going to do everything and I'm going to do it scared. And I gave myself a pep talk in my hotel room. I still do this at FinCon because it can be overwhelming.
0: Oh, I do too. Yeah. Anytime.
1: And I go back to my room. We we pass each other a lot, Pete. I feel like we're doing the same things. I go back to my room, rejuvenate, or go for a walk or something like that. But I said, I'm going to do pro networking. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it scared. And that was from, I love, um, Take the Stairs by Rory Vaden. And he talks about in the book that sometimes you just have to do things scared. And that's how I operate now is I am scared by all this. I'm very nervous. Like I'm getting ready to do a a big event. I am doing that completely scared. And so when I sat down for pro networking, I was doing it scared when I walked up to, I followed up with brands. So not only did I go to pro networking, I went up to them afterwards and said, Hey, I really enjoyed our conversation and to be able to keep the relationship going for them to get to know me a little bit more I did that scared. I introduced myself to people. Like I walked straight up to Philip Taylor, the founder of FinCon, my very first FinCon at newcomers, and I introduced myself and I told them all that I do and you know that I really appreciated him putting on this conference. And you know, we then I got to know him more through a military influencer program. But th- I did that scared. Introduced myself, just straight up walked up to the founder, like, "Hey, I'm Lacey. Yeah. So, um, but I've done that with a lot of people.
0: I love that. Um, so I want to come back to this, uh, this time delay of when that happened. And when you got your first sponsored gig, we'll come back to that. I I wanted to sum up for those listening, kind of what I've heard from you so far, which I love is showing up authentically in all of your communications. I would argue your entire brand, but even with, even if we're talking about, you know, Working partnerships, just being really authentic about where you're at, what you're doing, where you want to go and how XYZ person or brand might be involved in that. Um, I like that. The I wrote down, I underscored authenticity. And I have an example uh, from my own business, which I'll share later. I kind of fell into. And I think authentic- authenticity actually helped me get there. I can come back to that. Um, I like that. So let's go back in time and... Something else stood out from what you said, which was you were building these relationships, you were building these connections in person, which is always a plus, in my opinion, in your first FinCon, but how long was it until you actually got paid for anything, like that first sponsorship or otherwise? It didn't happen immediately, right? No. Okay. How long?
1: No. I would say within the year, though, that I had a paid sponsorship post on my website with basically no traffic. But that's something then that I could share on social media. Yep. I could share that with clients. So it was, I offered more than just that post. But yeah, I would say within the year, I'm actually I'm gonna have to look that up to be to uh, be truly honest in it. But yeah, well, I would say within the year that I received money for it.
0: Okay, well let me let me phrase this another way. I'm thinking of uh, bloggers and creators out there who are looking to do more brand deals. Quite frankly. What advice would you give them in terms of being patient or recognizing that there's a time delay from when you first introduce yourself or you first start communicating with a brand via email or Twitter DM or FinCon or whatever it is, and you actually start making deals happen and getting paid? Like there's always going to be some delay, but what advice would you give creators looking to jump in? What would you tell them?
1: I would say if you want it, go get it. Don't wait for something to fall in your lap. That's one thing that I have never done. I'm not waiting for somebody to find me. I'm going to go out and see how I can authentically work with them. So, but you do have to be patient. All of this has been a very slow climb for me to the, you know, s- just showing up at FinCon and barely having a blog. And I still don't have consistency with mine that I should, but I also do have a full-time podcast and, you know, brand sponsorships from other areas of my business. And so I would say, be patient, but work out your audience. That's why I've been able to do deals and get sponsors is because I have a very niche audience. The U.S. military is a very small audience, and on top of that, I'm speaking to active duty service members, not veterans, not military spouses. Yes, those people end up being my audience just because the way that I'm speaking and the topics and things like that, but if you're looking at my ideal customer avatar or my ideal listener or my ideal reader, that's who it's going to be, and that resonates with brands to say if you want to get in front of an active duty military audience i have a microphone for that i have a platform for that and understanding who you're serving makes it beneficial for everyone so you can get paid for the hard work that you do you can authentically serve your community you know your readers your listeners but also you're helping that brand get in front of the audience and in a way that's authentic. You're not just doing it for the money. I think that's another thing that's resonated with brands and the people Mm -hmm. that follow me is that I always say, this is like my house. I don't just let anybody in to be around my family and hang out and have a drink because you gave me some money. You're here because I welcomed you into my home because I think that you're going to treat my audience the way that I would treat them, like family. And so I think being authentic to myself, being authentic to the audience, to the brand is important, but having your niche. So it is a slow yeah. climb, but start to fine-tune who you're trying to serve because then you can match yourself better with sponsors.
0: So you just uh, – first of all, that was like a, a humongous takeaway that I don't want to brush under another topic there. Being really clear about, first of all, who you're serving just for your entire brand, right? That's hard for a lot of people easy for some people, hard for others, but also just making sure you can communicate that to potential partners. And also you went back to authenticity there. Maybe you didn't think about it as such, but what I heard was, Hey, I want to work with you because I know your company. I know your products. I know your services. This is my audience. And I think it would be like a good fit because I've done my homework. I've done my research. I'm not just like looking for money. I'm not looking for like a $3,000 sponsored thing just to like make ends meet. And I don't care about your product. Like this is a good fit, right? That, that is showing up authentically and I'll float my own boat for a moment. So, and then we'll come back to Lacey. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So, maybe. Oh, we'll see. I might just talk for another half hour. It's happened before. Um, no. So I walked away from this past VinCon with one uh, new partner a sponsored deal. And that's actually kind of what I, that's like my goal for any conference, by the way, is just to always leave in the black as opposed to in the red, just to pay for my trip. And so that usually ends up with me hustling just to make sure I get like one deal and that I like take it easy for the rest of the conference. And that's exactly what happened. So I, uh, I will say I did two things intentionally. Um, and I don't know if I can actually reveal who it is. So I won't do that, but, I, I knew that I had to display, quite frankly, authenticity. I was actually thinking about it more in terms of confidence, but that's not actually the right word. Uh, Authenticity is a much better word. And so something I did was I went to this brand and I straight up told them what I thought about their product. And I did it in a very honest way. And most of it was positive. Like I actually do support this brand and I want to work with them because I enjoy their product. But there are also some negatives. And I straight up told them, I was like, look, I'm looking for a brand sponsor for YouTube and a podcast. I currently don't work with any other people in your specific industry. Uh, I love your product, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say some negative things about it. If I do what you want, we were talking about doing some, some YouTube review videos specifically. And I was like, look, I... I'm not going to just say nice things about you. I'm going to require 100% control over the content. That's literally the words that came out of my mouth. I'm talking to their, their CMO in this case, I told them like, I, I retain 100% control over my content because of my audience. I care about my audience. I, I have a reputation to uphold quite frankly, and I don't want to like disturb that. And rather than being a negative, of any sort, I think that was actually a major positive In the eyes of this brand. I think they looked at this as like, wow, that's the type of creator. At least I hope so. They are looking at me or other people who say stuff like that as that's the type of people I want to work with because they are confident in their own, their own business, who they're serving, who they're talking to. They're not going to betray their audience. Like they, they are willing to stand up for what they believe, for what they think about any given product or service or, or yada, yada. I don't know if that's specifically true, but I did, I did say that with intention. I was like, I need to make sure that I'm not betraying anybody, including myself, like lying to myself, lying to my audience. Like I want to be able to tell the truth about everything, quite frankly. And so I actually think that was a plus in the eyes I of agree
1: the with you. Okay. I bet they loved it. Yeah. I, I think that finding out what you want to do for your audience is, and then finding a partner for that. That's what I do is to say, I want to do this thing for my audience and I'll write out a rough outline for it. And then I'll pitch it to people to say, I'm going to do this thing. Would you like to help support that for my audience? I'll put your name on it. And I totally agree. I Everything that I'm putting out is me. You don't, people don't, brands don't tell me what to say or do. If you're looking for that, I'm not your girl. No. We established that very early on that I'm going to say what I want, but I've also established a brand that people do. You know, I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not going to do anything really polarizing or off color. And that is appealing <laughs> yeah. in the space that I work in, in finance. If I want to work with a financial institution, me dropping the F bomb every other word in a video or on air is, is not a good idea. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Um, so, oh, what was I going to say? I just lost it. Oh, 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 something you said I liked. Um, and I know you're you're getting into events and you have an event you want to put on, and we were talking about this a little bit at FinCon. Tell me more about I have this thing. Do you want to be a part of it? Quote unquote. And let me let me explain what I mean here. So a lot of people who have never done any sponsorships, who have never worked with brands before, they And this is just my opinion. And I'm one of these people, by the way, I'm throwing myself under the bus here. They see opportunities. They just see like the first 5% of opportunities. For example, sponsored posts. Okay. I will write a review blog post about your product or podcast sponsorship. Okay, cool. I, I, I know what those are. Maybe there's a 60 second ad read pre-roll or mid-roll or something. Okay. People get that. But then other than that, they don't really see any other ways of partnering and quite frankly, earning money from brands and events is something much different, right? Most people aren't looking to events, by the way, in person or virtual for that matter. Uh, A lot of people, especially when they start off, myself included, they're limited in scope of what they think is possible. So I would actually love to hear from your perspective, if you've done anything more the, obviously you had like a sponsored blog post and you're going to be doing an event slash events, but is there any other projects that you've, uh, you've done where you've worked with brands? Does that make sense? Yes. Anything besides just a podcast sponsorship?
1: Yes. So knowing my audience going back to that again, I think that's really important and I have actually a really good tip on figuring that out for people. But okay. if You know your audience, and you know what they value. And so in the military community, there are key dates that are really important, and I understand those. Hmm. And those are going to be more valuable. Brands want, not control, but they want to be part of my microphone at those key times. And so for Military Appreciation Month, for example, that is the entire month of May. Well, I like to do stuff beyond the podcast. You know, at a certain point... You're going to get maxed out in sponsorships. I mean, I'm assuming NASCAR race drivers can only fit so many patches on their uniform.
0: (laughs) That's what they said 30 years ago. But now when I look at those bad boys, they're like, they're absolutely covered.
1: Yes, that's true. They got them on everything. They're like drinking out of a cup. They got the hat on. They've got a snack. They're doing everything. Wait, have you seen that
0: movie Ready Player One? Sorry. I'm just like totally interrupting your your chain of thought here. But I
1: don't remember.
0: I think about this often, actually. There's a scene in Ready Player One where Nolan Sorrento, the bad guy, he's like the CEO or something of the the uh, IOI in this movie, they're trying to get control of the game in Ready Player One so that the, they can sell ad space, right? There's no ads available at the moment in the current version of the game. The Oasis is what they call it. But he's trying to get control so they can make money. He's trying to get control so they can serve ad space. And they're just seen where he's like talking to his like uh, investors or like his board of directors. And he's like, once we get control of the game, our scientists have proven that we can sell up to 80% of the screen real estate. You know what I mean? Like, and there's this picture of what players see in the game. And like, literally like 80% of the screen is like filled with ads, ads and ads and ads and ads. Anyway, I'm sorry. I think about that often when I go to somebody's blog and they're showing ads which I don't disprove of making money from ads. Don't get me wrong. But we all know some websites are worse than others. And it's like they maxed out exactly how much screen real estate they can sell to ads before people just lose their minds, right? That somebody somewhere has that as a full time job. Like we could show 75% of the screen before causing people brain aneurysms or something.
1: Right. Um, <laughs> yes. That's a very good point, is <laughs> to. Figure out what you're comfortable with. So, like, for example, the way I've done sponsorship with my podcast isn't traditional, and I'm okay with that. That's the other part of me is I'm trying to be weird. I'm trying not (laughs) to be like anybody else, and I'm okay with that because that's who I am. I'm a little weird, but also I have to live with it. This is my business. I have to do the day in and day out of that. I have to manage it and figure it out, and that's one thing I learned at FinCon right away. I was like, holy cow, there's a lot of crap to learn. Like, I was way behind. I need to flatten my learning curve. And with my podcast, I only have one sponsor. Even though I have other people that reach out to me that want to sponsor my show, some of them not on brand, like some manscaping company or like there's some things that people come to me as like that's not a good fit but if you're a good fit for my audience and can provide value I have one sponsor per show I can charge a premium for that because I'm not taking any other sponsors but that means I only have one relationship to manage and I'm very serious about it I think of it as like dating like it would be difficult to date a bunch of people like you gotta keep all that straight for me, I have one relationship, it's very authentic, I'm in close communication with them, and that keeps people coming back, is because it's a good experience, and there's a high touch there, and that's who I am, I am i don't want to have a superficial friendship, I want it to be real and authentic with brands, and so I can charge for one sponsor, and that's good for me. Other things, so I have events, like the Military Appreciation Month that I receive sponsorship for, where... I pitched the idea, what I think is cool that I would like to do, but also that my audience might like. So that's doing live video during that month. So I can get sponsorship for the uh, live video, doing how-to videos or doing social media campaigns. So I've received sponsorship for that. I've also received sponsorship for sporadic videos I've done on YouTube. So I go to somebody and say, hey, I'm going to do a series on XYZ. I would really love a sponsor for this to help support it and cover the cost. Because I've also learned if I want to do something, it's still got to get paid for. Yeah. So um, so if that you know is going to require an editor, I want to get sponsors so I have enough to pay for the editing of that. Plus, I would like to make a paycheck off of that work that I'm doing. And um, also social media things, I've been sponsored for that. And, and talks to do other things like events and stuff like that.
0: So first of all, let's say, you know, Lacey's a pro podcaster here is that Pete went off on a tangent about Nolan Sorrento and Ready Player One. And you just like, boom, like right back into it. And not only that, but you actually like kind of, wow, you just made it work. So kudos to you. My brain was already mushed by <laughs> uh, that Lacey. So good job coming back. So you said something. I also want to underscore and uh, in my notes, I just wrote down time mostly like seasonality, in your case, there is a, what'd you say, what month was it? The Military Appreciation Month? I just
1: gave one example, Military Appreciation Month. There's also Veterans Appreciation Month and some other key dates.
0: So my guess is, you correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of companies that you might want to partner with in your space are probably already thinking about that month beforehand, right? They're thinking about marketing initiatives. Like, oh, we got to get ready for uh, International Podcast Day was last week in my own business. And I imagine a lot of, different. so I got lots of emails from like, we're recording this podcast on riverside.fm. I use Buzzsprout to host my podcast. Um, I actually bought a Hindenburg, which is a podcast editor. I've been looking at it for like two years and they had it discounted. So I know that these companies are doing like marketing initiatives. And I think what you've done is really smart, which is play into that, right? They're already looking to take advantage of this awareness from society or from their audience that like, this is international chocolate day or whatever it is, <laughs> right. Seasonality and time based initiatives. And the kind of like latching onto that, that sounds terrible, but, um, using that to your advantage to, to work with brands. So yes, I like that. I just wanted to underscore that for everybody listening. I think that's really smart. Um, God, actually, that's that's like super smart. I'm like looking at this now. Like, why didn't I do this for like International Podcasting Day? I probably could have. Uh, well,
1: I created early on a list, so anytime there's a new thing that people are reaching out to me about, I know that's going to come up next year, and so I can start to get ahead of the yeah. curve. Sometimes I'm not, you know, as pitching as soon as I should be, and it's also understanding when people do their budget. So you kind of want to get in early with people to get their money or to at least get on the list of things that they potentially want to do. But understanding the playing field is huge. I know that I've done Hmm. a lot of things backwards, and it may seem crazy to other people. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say hold on?
0: No, I said I like that. I'm actually taking notes. Oh, okay. Sorry.
1: (laughs) I, I know that may seem crazy to other people, but... I knew financial coaching, I know my audience, but I needed to understand the media part of things and how I can make money and what sits right with my soul. And charging the military community for financial coaching just never worked out for me. I was never going to make a steady paycheck because every time I'd be like, oh, yeah, let's not worry about it. Like, it just didn't feel right. And so... At some point, I came to the conclusion that I do want to make money. I want to make a lot of money. I'm for profit. I've worked very, very hard. I made a lot of personal sacrifices through my husband's military career to to build my own career. And I want to be paid for that. But I don't want to charge the military community for that. But I was like, I, I got to find somebody else to pay, pay the bill. And yeah. that's where I really started to see, okay, hey, if this company wants to help who I want to help, why can't we work together? I have, I call it... For brands, they want feel goodness in their area. And yes. so, like, for they want to have feel goodness in the military community, they want to help out. And so, I'm aligning myself with that. Again, I'm being authentic. If you aren't good for my audience, you're not going to get in. But if you are good and I'm good and they like it, then we can do this thing. So, yeah. I think um, understanding the playing field how it all works so you can understand the position that you want to play is what's really important. So if you are a dog walker blogger, you need to understand that industry and all the different players and and start to formulate a plan. And writing that out is huge. I've written out my dream org chart for my business and I'm moving towards that. It's not anywhere near that yet, but you have to have some type of long-term strategy to play on your field. Yeah.
0: I like that a lot. And not only that, but also, or this is part of that, understanding what they want. It's, it's usually uh, more deep than just more growth or more customers or more money or whatnot. Usually it goes a little bit deeper than that. For example, uh, I should ask for you an example, but I have one off the top of my head, so I'm just going to say it. So I've, I've worked a little bit on and off with Descript. It's a, a podcast editing software, super fancy. I love it. I think it's just absolutely incredible. And what they want is creators like myself, YouTubers or bloggers, podcasters, or otherwise highlighting new features right when they come out. And that's pretty specific. They don't just want, they're not like trying to look at every review video, not just that. They really want people to cover these brand new features as they're released. Because if Just an FYI, if you followed the script, you know that that's their thing. They release massive updates to their product, good updates, by the way, in my opinion, literally every like two or three months. Like it's super fast. And what they want is like real time, like, hey, this is going to be dropping. uh, Like I literally have an email in my inbox right now uh, that's like, hey, this is dropping on, I forgot what it was, October 6th or something like that. Here's the beta. Here's free access to our beta. So you can actually get in and look at it right now, but your content's got to come out this, like this is really specific. This is what they want. So I think when you say understanding the playing field, that is not all of what you said, but that that's another key part is just kind of communicating, asking questions, trying to decipher what it is specifically that they want as well. Like, do they want just social media mentions? Do they care? Do they just want brand awareness? Are they looking for a big push to a new product, a new service, a new offering, or something like that? Like I think that's I think that's really smart. Taking the time to do your homework and figure out what people want.
1: Yes. And I, I think you mentioned it earlier. It does take time. There's this patient component mm-hmm. of building a business and, and you do need to have that, but that doesn't mean yeah. While you're on the slow clap, that you can't do all of your homework and start to prepare for the future. I teach now a lot of other financial coaches how to start their own business, and and now all, seeing all the things that I've learned and I'm doing, and you know, being blessed to be around people like you, seeing how you do things in business, is that if you're in business, you're in sales. Period. Dot. And I don't think a lot of people understand that is that you are selling yourself. You're selling your services, your product, you're selling your blog, you're selling your podcast, whether that's to get more listeners or page views or to actually get a sponsorship. So getting clear on that you are in sales is really important. And if you're looking to get sponsorship You also need to get clear on marketing. You need to speak the language that they are speaking. If not, things are going to get lost in communication. So you have to understand how marketing works because you're going to be talking to the marketing person who's then going to take your information and what you just told them and try to sell it to a higher group of people within an organization. And so you being clear and succinct about what you want helps them go articulate that well to somebody else. So understanding the language, what you want, and… and understanding that you are trying to sell yourself is important. And just like if you worked at Bed Bath & Beyond or Bath & Body Works and somebody came to check out with like one soap, they're going to tell you, no, you need to try to throw something on there to say, hey, would you like an air freshener too? Would you like two soaps? Because there are two for whatever. It's the same way with doing a podcast sponsorship or doing a, a sponsored post for your blog. You're going to pitch one thing, but you need to upsell it. And so I am always have two more things. I have my main pitch, and then I have two things that I'm like, it would be awesome if these could be added on. But I put it in a way that's valuable to whoever I'm pitching to to say, all right, this is my main jam. This is what what I really think. But, oh, hey, by the way, we might be able to add this on, and it will provide this extra level of, I don't know, feel goodness to the audience for you and for me or whatever. So always be ready to – upsell and understand that you are in sales
0: i like that and yeah again to me that just goes back to this broad concept of understanding the playing field quote unquote which is the more you the more you're emailing back and forth with these marketing people and the more you deal with the brands or whatever a lot of that those opportunities if you will let's say the upsells or cross sells or down sells or any other sells for that matter Additional opportunities, repeat sponsorships this time next year or, or stuff like that. I think if one is paying attention, one can probably sniff those out, right? And understand, like for me in the Descript example, I didn't know that when I first reached out to Descript, I had no idea what they were looking for, what they wanted, even if they don't say that, but after talking a little bit and seeing that, I understand now, like, oh, you know, we could actually do this other thing or we could add on this other thing or we could go this other direction or something like that to to up my odds at helping them, first of all, also helping my audience the subscribers at the same time and continuing to have a profitable relationship, for lack of a better word. So I like this. I'm actually, I'm like, I'm brainstorming over here, like how to implement understanding the playing field into the title of this podcast with Lacey Langford. Because I like this. I think, I just think that's, that's a good Well, idea. I
1: think that's what set me apart also, that I have paid attention, that I have done my homework, that I show up prepared. I may not be the smartest person or have the most downloads or have the most page views, but I'm, I'm going to be up there with being authentic and being prepared. So those are the two things I got going for me. And I actually, you, you probably have access to it, Pete, but I did a presentation for FinCon about getting sponsorships, yeah. and I actually walked through step-by-step step how I do it. And All this information, understanding the playing field, is publicly available through social media. So if you think about it, you need to align yourself with their business goals. Well, if you're not in that meeting, you're not going to know what their business goals are. But they are going to implement, they're going to have a tactic to make those business goals happen. And those tactics are social media. So they, their social media, if you reverse engineer it, are leading you right back to what their business goals are. And you're able to then create a pitch that is in alignment with exactly what they're looking for. It's almost creepy. They're going to be like, you read our mind. That's, that's what we were doing. Yeah. Well, it's because I did the homework. I went through a year's worth of somebody's Twitter account to figure out what they were trying to do. Wow. And that may sound like a lot, but it actually is a lot quicker than you think. Yeah. But then you're able to start seeing the hashtags that they're supporting. You're able to see the things that they're liking, the initiatives that they're doing privately, whether that be donating to homeless or doing uh, sports events, things like that. So then you can start to figure out, wait a minute, they love this too? I love that. Or my audience loves this. And I'm able to create a pitch to highlight the hashtag that they're using or highlight the thing... That they like to support, so it just gives you information. Twitter is really powerful. You can also use all the other social media accounts, their website, join their emails. They list. are public. Yeah, yeah, and but it's a tactic they're using to reach their business goals. So just backtrack it.
0: I like that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that. It's funny. One last thing, and then I, I'm not going to keep you all day. We'll we'll wrap up in a couple of minutes. Um, oh crap! I completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh yeah, okay. A lot of people. I'm just to use that very generic term. Try not to throw anybody under the bus. But I've done this too. But we want you, Lacey, to tell us exactly what to say. Right? Like we're we're looking for Pete, just give me the template that I can copy and paste and send to a brand and secure a three thousand dollar sponsorship. <laughs> right? Tell me exactly what to say. And anybody who's been doing any sales or marketing or anything for more than like a couple of months, will tell you, like, that doesn't exist, right? We can give you some hints. We can give you some tips. We can help you proofread what you're going to send. We can help you navigate this process. But the truth is, a lot of it boils down to having an attitude of what you just said. Authenticity and being prepared. As best you can
1: And doing it scared. And doing it scared.
0: (laughs) Yeah, taking a leap of faith in yourself and, like, Putting yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's like authentic and prepared. And what's a good word here, Lacey, courageous,
1: bold. 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 You have to be bold. bold.
0: I like that. Authentic and prepared and bold. And I think it matters way more that people follow that. Those three things than any template, any copy and paste. Here's how to, you know, send a cold pitch email. Like no one, no one cares. I think if people show up and they are authentic They do their homework as best they can, and they put themselves out there. I don't know. I feel like that's a magic formula.
1: It is. And finding the person to deliver that to is the last component of that, that people think, okay, well, I really want to do this. I've done the homework. I have a great idea that I think would help them out. Now who am I going to deliver the message to? LinkedIn is very powerful for that. A lot of people aren't using it to its full potential. (laughs) And I've been very strategic about my LinkedIn account. I don't just link up with anybody. You have to really be within my industry because now it's kept it tight and right. And so when somebody wants to connect with me or I, more importantly, want to connect with somebody else, it's going to show like 40 connections that we have in common. Hmm. So they're going to know I'm in this community. That's going to lend to them clicking on it or responding to me a lot more as a cold outreach. But looking at job titles, are you the director of marketing? Are you on the communications team? Those are people that are going to help start to connect with and deliver your message to. And again, being authentic. And you have to keep going. For every one that I have, there's 20 other I've sent that nobody ever responded to me. Like, I'm cool with that. We're not a good fit. That's fine with me. Yeah. I may, I'm weird. Like, we may not be a good fit. But if you take what I'm, I'm trying to write an authentic message that I do put a lot of thought into what I'm going to say. I keep it very succinct. Nobody wants to read your dissertation in an initial outreach, so you want to be succinct. So working on those things and practicing it over and over will really help you. Be bold. Do your homework. Find the person to send it to, and then keep practicing it over and over again, and it will get easier.
0: Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll share. I hope you don't mind me sharing this, because I think it's brilliant. Something Lacey said to me at FinCon. I think I saw you... In the hallway, just outside of Pro Networking. You correct me if I'm wrong. I think I saw you. That's the first I saw you that week. I feel
1: like we saw each other a lot. So yes. Um,
0: But well, something you said stuck with me. I asked like, "Oh, how'd it go? How was Pro Networking?" Right? And I don't remember your exact words, but it was something to the effect of, "I keep going back to uh, little events like this, like Pro Networking, which is very specific, like connect with other." people and companies, brands, whatever. And I keep getting better at it. Like I work over time to like walk in and like learn a lesson or two and then show up better next year or next time show up more prepared. Uh, that really, that really stuck with me. Like an intentional approach of being bold again and then again and then again. And if somebody says no, that doesn't mean it's the end of the relationship it doesn't even mean it's never going to happen. It just might not be good timing or something. Um, but instead, continuing a long-term play of connecting people, building relationships, trying again and again and again, and getting better and learning more so that by the time you're lacy, uh, five or six FinCons later, you can walk up into pro networking and make a billion dollars. Not really, but you know what I mean. Like have a much better shot. Awesome! Next year,
1: next year, next year.
0: Yeah. That's the 2022 FinCon is the the billion dollar Lacey. Um, Okay. So let me, let me wind down here. Uh, Why don't you promote all your own stuff? So given the fact that my audience, a lot of people are in finance that listen to this, by the way, but even those who aren't, that might want to follow along with what you're doing and, and watch you or connect with you, where would you send people?
1: LaceyLangford.com is kind of the hub for me. That hub's also for my podcast, which is the Military Money Show. And I usually try to put things on there that I'm doing special initiatives like Military Appreciation Month. And in 2022, I'm going to give a big event a go. I'm, gonna, I'm still fine-tuning the name, but Mill Money Con is where I'm working makes the most sense. Okay. Also on brand with everything else's military money. So my brand is the military money expert and everything kind of falls under there. So um, I'm I'm really hopeful for that. I'm getting excited about it and it's pushing me out of my comfort zone. I'm having to be bold and go for it, but also being authentic and saying to people like, Hey, I'm figuring out this whole conference thing. And I think that's helped people want to help me because they know I'm really saying like, I don't know what I'm talking about here. So, but that that LaceyLangford.com is where you can find me and also on on Twitter, Finance Lacey and the Military Money Expert on Facebook.
0: Gotcha. Lacey, it's been an absolute treat. I can't wait to hang out with you at uh, next year's FinCon as well. And thanks for coming on. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It it was, it went well. You were so authentic. So it's easy to have this conversation. I appreciate it. Are you
0: less nervous than? than I
1: am. Yes, I'm I'm calm now that we're done. Oh, that's
0: great. (laughs) Now we can do the actual podcast. Yes. No, uh, thanks, Lacey. This has been awesome. Alrighty then, Do You Even Blog Tribe. I hope you enjoyed that lovely chat with Lacey. If you would, I would like you to do me a favor. Go to doyouevenblog.com and join my email list if you're not already. I'm just going to pitch you a bunch of products, probably sell your data to the lowest bidder, no, I'm joking. Of course, your email is well-protected on my email list. I don't sell a whole lot, but when I do, you'll probably know it and you can, you know, choose to ignore me like always, but I would love for you to go join the email list if you're not on there already. So you can go to doyoumblog.com. should be right there on the homepage, some spot where you can download something or another, and I'll help you out in your own blog and business. And, uh, you know, I'll be able to communicate with you more effectively. So go join the email list. That is my CTA call to action on today's podcast. Thank you for listening. Big thank you to Lacey for coming on the show. Nothing else from my end. On your end, I hope you have a lovely day. That was awkward. That was a weird sentence I just said. But I hope you're having a lovely blogging day, whatever you're doing. And I'll see you next time on the Do You Even Blog Podcast.
1: Adios.